Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley. Oh, yeah. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, Sunday sit down, ESPN New Hampshire. It's been a while, but we're here, 11 to 1, ESPN New Hampshire. Tune in app, ESPNNHradio.com. Uh, of course, uh, 912 a.m. as well in the area. If you're uh, downtown Nashua, Manchester, arms reaching. Lean it against the building. Basically, if you're on the church across <laughs> the street, if you're bored, just tune in. I hope you're, hope you're listening. What's tune going? in app. Uh, I, see what I did there? <laughs> wow, what a plug. What I've, been a trying plug. To, I've been saving that up for three weeks since we've been on the air. Um, so a lot's happened since we've been on the a air. A ton has happened. Um, a lot. And so we're not going to waste any time. Um, to credit some other people, we're going to skip the pleasantries today as much as I missed you all. Um, but a lot happened with Jay Crowder in the past, what, week? Yeah, week and a half? especially. Um, I know Nick has a disdain for Bomani Jones at this point. I can't stand you it. Got, you got what? You got what? You, he, um, he, he blocked you. He blocked you on Twitter? He blocked me. I've been tweeting at him for a couple of days. And, and that's the thing. Like, If you're going to start a conversation like this, you absolutely need to stick to your guns. And the fact that, the fact that he got... Angry enough at a lot of because he didn't. It's obviously not just me. He blocked a ton of people in yeah, Boston and around yeah, the area. I've been seeing it all over the place. But the fact that you can say that a city is racist and then afterwards say that it was a joke is pathetic to me. Uh, you shouldn't have a radio show if that you're if if you're going to back off of your opinions that quickly. I mean, isn't isn't if you talk to people and you spur a conversation, doesn't it help you out as a radio personality to get more people listening? That's what you're supposed the to do. The fact that you say nothing and also one thing like I, I'm I'm going to take the whole race thing from what he said and I'm going to take it just the fact that you're cheering an opposing team they cheered Nate Robinson when he came back they cheered Glenn Davis when he came back they cheered Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce they're all on opposing teams they've been doing that for years okay so you don't have a problem with them cheering for Gordon Hayward no because he's better than Jay Crowder and okay did and they that's, boo and Ke- that's my thing too did they boo Kevin Durant they did when he came back this year, but last year the last did they year, boo no. Kevin Durant when he came last year? They were trying to sign him. If Absolutely Gordon Hayward not. re-signs with with Utah and has a meeting, if Gordon Hayward has a meeting with the Celtics and re-signs with Utah, he's going to get booed too. Now, not as heavily as Kevin Durant. No, screw because Gordon screw Hayward just isn't that good. Like I think he's good, and I think I would love him here. Don't get me wrong, and he's an upgrade from Jay Crowder. Yeah, but, but he, and also not... one thing that got talked a lot about this week too with Jay Crowder was. The, the fact that the cheers for Gordon Hayward weren't that loud in the garden that night. No. They weren't. It and Sean, Grant, Sean Grandy made the point. I was listening to him on the, uh, I think it was Friday night, on the pregame after I left here during our pregame. And he was talking about how he, he likes to take his headset off one ear just to listen when he's doing intros and things like that. Apparently, he's like, I barely had to hear it and I was listening for it. So you know Jay Crowder was listening for it. Yeah. You see, and then... And then it, he, it, yeah, so he knew it was coming too. But what, honestly, does it matter because i this isn't an original thought but i heard this through this week it wasn't that they were saying oh gordon hayward we love you we need you it was more like hey we're aware of you we know that you're a good player we know that we know that you might be here next year so please we would love you here and you know jay crowder's got a little fear in him because he he, i think overall as much as he said i'm I'm willing to leave you guys on twitter and i think that was crap like you shouldn't be saying that to on twitter like to fans like after being emotional you've been a fan favorite since you've been here, basically, well, since you came here and proved yourself and what your kind of player you are, he's built to be a Boston basketball player. He is. 
He's gritty. He plays defense. He's got that passion. He's got the most passion on a team since Kevin Garnett did. Not, not to compare him to Kevin Garnett, but I've said it all the time. He's got that kind of grit to him. That's why he's a fan favorite. But doing this just kind of rubs you the wrong way as a Celtics fan. It rubs me the wrong way, and I'm trying to be kind of run me the wrong way, and then the fact that he's going to complain, say all this, and then he follows up. I went to the Philadelphia 76ers Celtics game, and it was like four or five minutes. Yeah, I got your Snapchat. Quarter. You had a good time. I had a great time. <laughs> I went, and um, he had no points to like halfway through the fourth quarter. What? I'm like, what a great follow-up performance from all your bitching and complaining you did on social well, what, media. What, and what, not even who, the, who did they play after the Gordon, the Utah Jazz game? Uh... What Utah Jazz? Oh, oh who did they play after um, the Utah game? Because he got zero points that night. I'm pretty sure it was Philly. He I didn't, could be he mistaken. Didn't, he didn't all. score the next night it, after all this stuff happened. I think it was, it was Philly. Yeah. Um, but okay, something else with Jay Crowder, which is irritating beyond belief. Off of the basketball stuff, this guy's an all caps tweeter. If you tweet in all caps in every tweet, I don't want to follow you. It's Why like, are you um, screaming it's at like, me? What's his face? If you guys know, he's an older sports sub listener down in Boston. Um, Ron from Las Vegas. Yep. Literally all caps. Yep. All the time. And that's why I involved him. But like for Jay Crowder to come out and say, I'm willing to leave, I'm willing to leave you guys. And I'm not a fan of that. Look, I'm, I'm looking past it because I don't think he meant it in a sense of that. And then it got taken over by the story on Sports Grid. Um, for basically saying how the sneaky was a racist was thing. That Jake O'Donnell. That was I, was it Jake O'Donnell. I believe it was Jake O'Donnell. And then on top of that, Bomani Jones follows up on his show, and um, the the best part about that whole thing was the fact that when Kurt Callahan was like trying to get on the show and they wouldn't let him, so he called in as Kevin from Boston. Kevin or whatever, from Boston, and that was the funniest thing ever. And I wish I wish that he just stuck with Kevin from Boston through the whole thing, and then at the end been like, "Hey, this is Kirk." Just it's Bomani, Bomani, and I actually had a lot of respect for Bomani. I actually liked him. I, I'm not a big Dan Lebetard guy, but those no wonder they put them together, right, on the same show because those guys just fetch for headlines and they just fetch to get they say you know crazy yeah. things to just get. And this is another one because there's just no there's no. There's no substance behind it. There's no, like, what fact do you have? Oh, yeah, they, they cheered Gordon Hayward because cool. he's a barely. Player. Mind you, barely. I guarantee if DeMarcus Cousins said a comment like, hey, I would, if Boston wants me, I'll have him, and we, starting, and we start Tyler Zeller, we're going to cheer DeMarcus Cousins. Yep. Well, we did that with KD. We did it with KD. Yeah, with everybody. He just, yeah. And the reason he doesn't want to talk about it is because I don't, he has no facts to back it up. Yeah. And this he, brings up, he brought up Larry Bird, too. He said that this is a city... Who's oh, known yeah. for Larry Bird? Okay. Well, any city about, would have been known a, for Larry Bird if he was with them. Yeah. What about Bill Russell? And then Bill yeah. Russell. Who has the most championship rings on their hands? Bill Russell. Bill Russell. Who, I'm pretty what's sure. Was that like? the first, what, he, that the first like? African no, American so. to draft him? Uh, I'm not sure, but that, but that doesn't go along with his argument, so nope. why would he no. say that? No, and then the, the worst part about Barney Jones is that he's keeps backing away from it. You know, like, I know, Nick, you kind of attacked him on Twitter. Blocking me, that's Blocked you. Did he really? Yeah. Get him, boy! And then he... He comes on and doesn't want to talk about it. And then if you heard the call when, when Kurt called into his show, as soon as he said, oh, no, I, oh, you said Kevin. I meant this is Kurt from the Kurt and Callan. He's like, no, we're not doing that. Hang up on him right now. Hang Bang up on him. I'm like, this. wait, what? Are, if you have the sack to say that and say it out loud on your show, you have that airwave. If you're on the radio, you have to accept if you say something like that, you have to be able to back it up. And even if you don't believe it's true after you say it, either apologize or who cares and just back it up. I mean, how many times Kirk on that show has on, in Boston has said, you know, a lot of things he might not agree with, but he actually keeps going. That's who you are. If you say that, Bomani Jones, stick to it. Yeah, you, you need to because it, once you don't, you lose all credibility. Now, he might have a sack, but there, not be, there might not be any balls in that sack. You know what I mean? <laughs> if, you, if, you can, if you can call an entire city 
racist. And then once you get confronted about it, did you not think people in Boston we're we're an angry area. This yeah, this whole area is angry. If you do you not think that they're gonna they're gonna come back at you and and be like, hey, what the hell are you doing, you moron? Yeah. And and also the fact that he said, if you, if you actually listen to the other things he said, he was talking about how um he was comparing like Jay Crowder and like as like jacks like like cards. He's saying how you know Gordon Hayward wouldn't really be that much of an upgrade over Jay Crowder. That is dumb. That's a lie. Yeah, because the Western Conference, we all know, much better basketball conference in the East. Gordon Hayward is averaging twenty two points, three point six assists, and close to six rebounds. Jay Crowder is averaging twelve point seven points a game and five rebounds. And mind you, Jay Crowder is in a system where he's getting looks. You know, like Brad Stevens does give Jay Crowder the ball in in a lot of plays and. If you put Gordon Hayward in the system, you might even play better. And also, his per is twenty-two. Gordon Hayward's per is twenty-two. Jay like, Crowder is like per like a cat. No or? per player efficiency <laughs> rating. Or like a perm. P- player, <laughs> player efficiency perm, rating. Jay Crowder's fifteen. Gordon Hayward's better at a lot of things than Jay Crowder. Most he would things. be a clear upgrade. And I just Jay Crowder, like you said always, he is not a starter on a championship basketball team. Yeah, but is Gordon Honestly, Hayward a max contract guy? In today's NBA, yes. Yeah, of course he is. I know, but do you do you think the Celtics should use a max contract on this guy? They, I don't think they can get anybody else. I, really I really honestly, honestly, I really, if I was the Celtics, Blake Griffin, you're not going to get any of these superstars that are coming out of what here. I would Gordon do, Hayward's the best you can see, get. The thing, what my my the best bet I think for the Celtics is see if you can trade for Gordon Hayward now. No, because right now, if you can, you, you might if you trade for Gordon Hayward, you might need to give up a Brooklyn pick to do it. I, I still think it wouldn't be this one. Because you don't want to take as much off this roster as possible. There's a lot of talks about them wanting to trade for Gordon Hayward now rather than waiting till free agency. If you take the risk of waiting till free agency and you don't get him, then where are you? The only way I'll trade for him now if he signs a contract extension the second he walks into the building. And you don't know that could happen. You know, that could happen. No, no, you have to get reassurances before you trade for him. You're going to sign with us. Yeah. If he says no, then we'll see you in free agency. And we'll talk then. See, but the whole thing is like the... Cleveland is so dominant yeah. right now. How'd they get Corver for nothing? I don't know. Because Atlanta's, they got him for nothing. because Atlanta's not good. Dude, they got him for Mike Dunleavy. It was stupid. It was first round pick. Because Atlanta's not good. Come on. So Cleveland is so dominant right now, and you have all of these tradable assets. You've been you've been trying to rebuild this team in order to trade for somebody who can who can change the dynamic of your team so you can compete with Cleveland. Are you gonna waste those assets for a guy who's gonna probably make you the Toronto Raptors? Do you want to do that? Do you want to do you want to Raptors? Do you want to do you want to anything to get? But do you want to trade somebody who's just going to make you okay? Cool. Now we can go to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose. Like that's you 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 play to win the championship. You know know who you trade right now? I still I'm still setting on it. No, you trade. I tell you, Thomas, right now. Absolutely. You trade Isaiah Thomas now. And uh, again, this is you know, not an original I, I thought. I will tell you this now. For Gordon this team, no, this in general, team, though. This yeah. team cannot get. The, if you look in the last, you know, they struggled to getting a superstar. Now you have a guy that's good. It's becoming statistically right now, what is he, four, fifth in the NBA in scoring? I know fourth. We're, we're yeah, not at the All Star break yet. Things can fall off. Why? Because Why this is the him? highest value he's going to have, and he's not a winning piece on a championship team. You're not getting picks. I don't want picks. Don't get no. No, I'm not asking picks. for more picks. You have picks, but if you trade Isaiah Thomas, you might not have to give up any Brooklyn picks in a trade for a superstar. Because if some team, like say the Chicago Bulls, who now potentially want to get rid of Jimmy Butler, perfect. You would, trade, Isaiah you would Thomas. trade Thomas for Butler? Yes, in a heartbeat. No. If, if Chicago That's... said straight up trade, absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would still do, I would still do it even if because... you put other pieces in that trade. You kidding me? Give him Tyler Zeller. Give him Kelly Olynyk. Give him. Marcus Smart too. Who cares? No, give him. I, I would do. I would give do, him Jay Crowder. I, I, 
I don't. Nah, the asking nah, price for give them everybody. No, trade Honestly, Jay Crowder. I don't care about Jay. We will Crowder. have a one man team. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jimmy Butler and Al Horford. Is that is it. Butler versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, but that, what is that? What would that I'll make? I'll take you, that off. <laughs> they win. You're still you're still three in the East at at Ma- with Jimmy yeah, but Butler, it's another Max. step. It's another step. Where are you gonna? You're 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 hitting your ceiling right now with Isaiah Thomas. I don't think you're gonna get much better with Isaiah Thomas being the guy. Oh, you will not. You it's need, not possible. You need more pieces. Yeah, Isaiah you need Thomas more pieces. Not Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas. Is barely a three on a championship team. Depending I don't on think so. Barely. I don't barely. think so. I don't think so. I think what? he could be a two. No, he's a two now. No, he's the one. He's the. I'd pure... take Al. I would take Al Horford over Isaiah Thomas. So, oh, so no, he's the pure one right now. He's, if you don't have Isaiah scoring, Thomas, yes. If you don't have Isaiah Thomas, honestly, these what you won like fifteen games so far this year. I honestly yeah, yeah, ten but, game but, but, swing but if you don't have Isaiah. If yeah, in the past games, but if you can get someone that you know, what I mean, he, he's a valuable trade. If you can get Anthony can... Davis for Isaiah Thomas, yeah, I'll do that. I put Jimmy Butler up there. I do. I think Jimmy <laughs> Butler can be the number I would, one. I would also do that for Anthony. I think Davis. most I mean, of no, no, that's straight up. That sounds idiotic. I think anyone would trade anything for Anthony yeah, Davis. Yeah, I would yeah. trade Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, and both Brooklyn picks for Anthony Davis right now. I think anybody that you can get, and I honestly hope that any trade they make. The Brooklyn pick stays because this Brooklyn pick can get you the big man this that you one. need. No, it can't. Yes, it can. No, it can't. There's no big man in this draft, and Harry Giles is the number one guy, and he hasn't even seen the floor at Duke. He's had two ACL injuries coming into this draft. No, this is a guard-driven league. So if you wanted to dump Isaiah and get us DeMarcus Cousins, I could see that because the point guard draft or guard itself in this draft is just ridiculous. There's four of them that are tearing up the, the uh, college basketball right now. And I'm not even including the kid from Kentucky, yeah, because he's a late bloomer. So I, th- there's only there's the kid from France and there's Harry Giles and Harry Giles. You might be able to to trade back into the top ten again because his stock is plummeting. And you do have as Celtics, uh, you do have two guys coming over. Um, there's, there are plan the draft ooh, is, the ooh. draft and stash are guys come over this year, next year. They're coming over next year. I like it. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to be key pieces. But those guys are those guys were a draft and stash for one. Can year. Can they stay over there for another year no, if they want to? I don't think so. What's what contra, What's holding? The, why why did Rubio stay over there for two three years? I think it's up to them. If I'm not mistaken. Well, I think the Celtics plan sort of bring him over. I, I and if the Celtics say, should stay over there. If you the Celtics bring, want him over, he they're coming over. You can bring that kid over from uh, was he Serbia the center? I forget his name, but the Yavalesi kid from mm-hmm. France stay over there. He's playing in a good league too. He's doing well. They're both doing well to be honest. Over there, I haven't I haven't I haven't I haven't checked up on the uh, the Serbian center, but I mean you need a big man. He makes the most sense. The only way this team gets what they need is. One to keep Al Horford from playing center, mm-hmm. yeah, because he's not that kind of guy. Yeah, no. and two, you need to find the the guy. I still think that this team is one superstar away from competing every year. But then again, that would put Isaiah Thomas as a three, and then that I'm yeah. Okay but with. that's but the thing. If you want to if you want to trade Isaiah Thomas, then you're still going to be a couple pieces away because you just lost a top score. But you're I, getting I, thank you. You're, you but you're you, getting a Jimmy. But Butler if you if you get Jimmy Butler and Al Horford, I, that's still not enough to beat Cleveland. Exactly. That's not nearly enough. Yeah, to beat Cleveland. Not, Isaiah but I'm not Thomas saying that, that is your piece. finished product. Okay, but then you're going so you to have to keep on. If trading. you if you keep Isaiah Thomas, you're further away than if you trade for Jimmy Butler and play with Al Horford. You're I would rather away. trade. I would rather trade one of the Brooklyn picks and grab Jimmy Butler to put him on a team with Al Horford and. Isaiah Thomas at the same because that right. that would be a team that can really compete. Or, but, or, but what is what is Chicago willing to do? Because I feel like they have they have they have the upper hand right the now. Ball they don't, card, yeah. they don't have to get rid of Jimmy Butler. I, no. I, I don't even understand the speculation for Jimmy Butler being traded. They're eighteen and eighteen. They they're, suck. They're eight seed. They're granted. Butler just had fifty two points. Their point guard is benched. Rondo Ron, was benched. Well, I just don't get like why why why, why they're going to put him on the 
trade like I, Butler I, on the trade because they want to build point, around a thirty four exactly. year old man. Well, that's the thing. Like, where, <laughs> where are they going to go without Butler? Like, what are they going to do without? They, like, they, they should have hit the reset button. They should have hit the reset button when they traded Derrick Rose in, yeah. in that whole situation. But they instead wanted to fast track it and bring a guy in Rondo into the game, in the team, That's, which clearly hasn't worked. No, and bring in Dwayne Wade to play with Jimmy Butler still hasn't really worked. Teams, teams are afraid. To Dwayne Wade's retiring team. after this year. If not, he's going to play vet men in Cleveland and go play with LeBron again. Yeah. He's not. He's not in Chicago after this year. Yes, I don't. I don't believe that, dude. No. He's fr- yes, he is. Yes, Why? He is. Because he grew up there. Who cares? Uh, he does. He's not he, a, don't he doesn't care. want to play in a crap team though. He went to Chicago. If he's going to trade, they're if, not going to trade Jimmy Butler. I'm saying he, right if now. he's going to play for a vet men, he's not going to play for Chicago. Well, he just got a max deal. Why would he? Why would he? He's got a player option. Why would he not take it? You but, know what I mean? Yeah, he's, but, he's getting paid max money. But he's, he's not going to get his he's, rings. Yeah, he, but he, he, he's also all he money. wants is a ring. He knows he's retiring. He don't care about the money. He's got money. He wants another ring. He, well, if he, if I would if, opt out and go if a championship. If, really, if, if it, Cleveland Cavaliers call me and said, "Hey, we're going to pay you like ten bucks," I'd be like, "Cool, dude. Cool, we're going to get a ring real quick." He has enough money. He's going to he's going to play for that ring. He wants that ring. and like what you said, I think he went to Chicago with the idea that they had a shot. And clearly, because this I'm, team isn't well, panning out the way that he expected. If you look at it, on, on paper, on paper they, were, they were. Yeah, you know, because like on I'm, paper, you put Rondo with Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler with some people around you. You have a decent. Are we surprised it didn't work? Rondo's a no. Rondo's a jerk, a, and he hates dick. Wade. They don't like each other. Yeah, remember that, back to the Boston see, yeah, days. Yeah, see, that was the thing that I figured wasn't going to work. Yeah, because Wade, to- dirtiest player, ruined Rondo's what elbow, his forearm. Yeah, tore that out. They hate each other. All right, so we're gonna take a break here. Um, after the break, Phil Perry, Comcast Sports, that's going to join us. We're going to talk about football, Patriots on the bye week. Um, probably playing Houston next week, it looks like, unless Miami can somehow beat Pittsburgh. Which I, <laughs> so we'll I, be playing I, We'll be playing Houston next week. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to Phil about that, NFL, and uh, other things when we come back. Sunday sit down here on ESPN New Hampshire. ESPNNHradio.com. This is the most beautiful thing I ever seen. Find the latest schedules, show blogs, podcasts, and all the breaking sports news in our area. From high school to the pros. Awesome. Want some new apparel? Yeah, baby. Welcome. Visit ESPNNHradio.com for shirts, hats, and all things ESPN New Hampshire. Woo! We've got it all here. Just visit our website at ESPNNHradio.com. I'm Chris Rose with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFL playoffs kicked off in the city where they will come to an end in February with the hometown Houston Texans punching their ticket to the next round of the playoffs. Bill O'Brien notched his first playoff win behind his top-ranked D and his $72 million quarterback playing like one. Brock Osweiler ran in a score and threw for another to help the Texans to a 27-14 win over the Raiders. The Texans will either travel to Kansas City or New England in the next round. Meanwhile, in the NFC, the Seahawks' Legion of Boom clamped down on the Lions, holding Matthew Stafford and company to only six points, while Seattle's offense relied on Thomas Rawls, who ran the rock for 161 yards and a score. After the game, Richard Sherman said it felt like old times. Final score, 26-6. The Seahawks now will travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The U.S. economy has been getting stronger, and home values have been increasing. This good economic news presents a unique financial opportunity for you. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Many of our clients have been taking cash out of their homes, a strategy that might work for you. The smart move is to refinance your mortgage right now with Quicken Loans. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%, APR 4.51%. 
Call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN to see how much we can lower your mortgage payment. For seven years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the third year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. That's 800-QUICKEN. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed. Are you going through a rough patch right now and could use some help from professionals? Are you unsure of how to proceed and could use a guiding hand? Well, then let the attorneys at Dehar Law Firm make life easier for you. At Dehar Law Firm, they handle a wide variety of cases, anything from bankruptcy or divorce to estate planning and personal injury. Contact Eleanor Dehar at 603-622-6595 or visit Dehar.com for more information. Dehar Law Firm, serving individuals and businesses in New Hampshire since 19. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Imagine this. Your 14-year-old daughter and her best friends are maybe getting ready to go out. They're maybe upstairs in her bedroom with music playing. They're laughing, maybe trying on clothes, putting on too much makeup, and maybe taking sips of vodka straight out of the bottle, which they might tuck into someone's purse to take to a party. Imagine your kid doing that. It may be hard to imagine, but it is happening. New Hampshire has a big alcohol abuse problem. In fact, New Hampshire ranks second in the nation for binge drinking among 12 to 20-year-olds. Second, you can check the stats at checkthestatsnh.org. As parents, we want to protect our kids, but we have to start now before it's too late. Learn how you can make a difference in your child's life at checkthestatsnh.org and help the Partnership for a Drug-Free New Hampshire start the conversation today. Sergeant R.J. Anderson changed course from college student to army soldier, then tragedy struck. My world turned upside down, being told I would never walk again. Now I'm excited about my life, thanks to the Paralyzed Veterans of America. With their support and adaptive sports programs, my fire is lit again. For veterans with spinal cord injury or disease, PVA is our partner for life, assisting as our needs and challenges change. Thanks to PVA, my life is back on course. To learn more, visit pva.org, a public service of paralyzed veterans of America. You're listening to the number one sports station in New Hampshire, ESPN New Hampshire. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. I am Steve Riccardi. The Boston Celtics got a 117-108 over the Pelicans last night. They're fourth in a row. Isaiah Thomas continues to have the hot hand as he finished with 38 points. The Celtics resume action Tuesday when they travel north of the border to take on the Toronto Raptors. Bruins got a much-needed victory when they downed Florida last night, 4 to nothing. Brian Marchand scored t- twice, and David Backus scored in his return to the lineup. 
Boston will continue their road trip tonight when they take on the Carolina Hurricanes. The puck drops at 5. Patriots Director of Player Development Nick Cazero denied an interview today for the San Francisco 49ers general manager job. Yesterday was a very busy day for Patriots coordinators as well. Josh McDaniels interviewed with the 49ers, Rams, and Jaguars. Matt Patricia interviewed with the Chargers. It's officially NFL wildcard weekend. Last night, Brock Osweiler and the Houston Texans took down a Derek Carless Oakland Raiders squad 27-14. The Seahawks and Thomas Rawl crushed the Detroit Lions 26-6. Rawls accumulated 161 yards on the ground, including a touchdown. Today, the Pittsburgh Steelers will host the Miami Dolphins. If the Steelers win, they will travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Texans will travel to New England to battle the Patriots. The NFC playoff game tonight will see red-hot Aaron Rodgers take on the New York Giants. The temperature for kickoff will be around 13 degrees. This 90-second update was brought to you by Bud Light. Raise one to right now. Oh, we got a dance party in the studio here. I'm glad Steve picked the right music for today. I'm on fire. <laughs> Alright, so that being said, no better way to kind of introduce Phil A. Perry, Comcast Sportsnet on a Patriots bye week. Um, I'm assuming you're not working too hard this week, eh, bud? <laughs> We're getting a little bit of work done here, trying to catch up on some things that I haven't been able to catch up on. Uh, so trying to make, you know, like the Patriots, trying to make the most of our time off. You know, you're really just trying to, to get better this weekend. You're not just kicking your feet up. You're trying to get better. Well, Brady signed up for Instagram. So is that get him getting better? Whoa. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Using his time yeah. effectively. I'm probably going to sign up now then. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, that, I think that'll help him out this divisional round game coming up next weekend. <laughs> Have to assume so. So, um, Phil, before we go into anything Patriots, um, uh, I want to I ask you, um, how, what's your take on the whole Boston being racist thing? I th- don't need to get too crazy about it, but I had to ask you because it's kind of going around the entire city right now. So, Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's uh, obviously, I think it, it was just a pretty, from what I heard, and, and granted, I, I did not see the episode of uh, Around the Horn that I think kicked the whole thing off, yep. but I uh, did hear some of the uh, the radio clips from Bomani Jones and just... Um, I think lazy, obviously, just to to throw that out there, and then to to throw it out there, and then to not, uh, you know, want to defend yourself if you're Bomani Jones. That you know, again, like I, I know, Minahan called his show and asked him hmm. to talk about it, and they they tried to get him on the show, and and the thing that was disingenuous to me was him saying, "Well, I never said I never said that. I never said that. You know, Boston was a racist city. Those words never." came out of my mouth, but everything he implied was obvious, and so I just thought it was lazy, and, uh, and you know, I don't know how you could you could have a take like that and then not want to discuss it with somebody who's trying to defend, you know, the, the reputation of an entire city. It's just, it's asinine to me, and it's lazy, and I think that's about, that's about the worst adjective you can use to describe someone who considers himself a, a journalist of any kind is lazy. <laughs> All right, Phil, so... We'll leave it there. Um, I just was curious to what you thought. So, Patriots on a bye week this week, um, obviously, they're familiar territory for them. What was this past week like for the Patriots? What, what do they do uh, the week? Obviously, not having an opponent. I know they have the weekend off here to watch these games, and they'll be back at it tomorrow. Um, how do you prepare for a week that you don't have an opponent yet? Well, a lot of it is self-scouting. A lot of it is going over 
um, you know, for the players, I would say a lot of it is going over everything that you did during the season and figuring out what you can do better and where you can improve. And I thought, you know, every week is different. So they had this bye week last year, but I think, you know, last year was so much about just trying to preserve whatever health that they had. And we know they were a disaster physically at the end of the season, those last two regular season games, and then going into the playoffs, they just, they had nothing after Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski on the offensive side of the ball. That offensive line, that's running backs, that's receivers. I know Julian Edelman came back for the playoffs, but he was not himself when he did get back. So last year was really, uh, the bye week was, okay, let's see how well we can get our guys because we're, they, they didn't have a chance uh, if they weren't healthy. And it turns out that they, they ended up having a chance. They, they almost went to the, the fact that they almost went to the Super Bowl, the fact that they almost tied that game, the AFC Championship, in Denver is incredible to me. And I think it's a huge testament to the coaching staff and Bill Belichick in particular because you look at the personnel that they had. I mean, you're running out Keyshawn Martin at receiver, uh, Chris Harper at receiver. You know, like I said, Edelman was, was not himself. Brock played like a monster in that AFC title game, but they're running Steven Jackson out there. The offensive line was so banged up, it was amazing that they even had a chance in that game. And so last year around this time, they were almost unable to practice because they were so focused on getting guys healthy. This year, much different. They're in much better shape, so it meant that they could really attack the two days of practice that they had, and you could say it's only two days, but they got one practice in that was fully padded, and that's really rare this time of year, I would say, for, for any team. Um, but for the Patriots specifically, given their recent history, for them to be able to have a fully padded practice on Wednesday and then get back at it again with Brady on the field and Mal- Malcolm Mitchell coming back to practice and Danny Amendola coming back to practice, they're trending in the right direction, and it's allowed practices to be much more competitive, and I would think that can only mean good things for them when they do finally have to take the field uh, for a game next Saturday. Hey, Phil, so this week the All-Pro team came out. Obviously, first was Matt Ryan at quarterback. Second was Tom Brady. We all have our opinions on who should be the MVP. But because it's the same 50 voters who votes for that and the MVP, do you think Matt Ryan basically has the MVP locked up? I think he does. You know, it's interesting because the, the word valuable screws people up and twists them into to knots all the time. And so, you know, I know for a fact there are, you know, uh, that not everyone that voted for, for Matt Ryan um, to be the first-team All-Pro also voted for him as MVP. And so the valuable, the, the, the quote-unquote valuable terminology that's included in that award, um, I think allows people to, to uh, take a little bit different angle at it. And so I do think, you know, Brady has a chance. I don't think it's necessarily 100% Matt Ryan has it and, and don't even think about it, Patriots fans. And get yourself, you know, start to get yourselves worked up already, um, which I know they have, you know, and I know there are people out there that are upset that Brian got the first team All Pro. But um, you know, I, I think when you look at at the award, most valuable player, I think Brady definitely has an argument. There, there was nobody who played the position better than he did for the last twelve games of the regular season. He won eleven games. Matt Ryan, who you know, I would assume is going to be right there um, in the top two with Brady won 11 games as well, had more chances to do it. Um, the argument I don't really understand, like, and so I, I get why Brady could win it. What I don't understand is when, when people say that there's no doubt about it, Matt Ryan shouldn't get it. Like, I think they're both deserving, and because it is so subjective, 
like either guy could get it and and I, it would make sense to me for Matt Ryan to to have the season that he had that was a historically good Falcons offense that they had this year guys and for for Ryan to have over 300 yards a game to lead the league in quarterback rating um you know yards per attempt was up over not like it, it, it's just the guy the guy was insane he had an incredible year and we don't get to see him as much here and we obviously know what Brady does and he had a historic year himself Touchdowns, interceptions. That's you know nobody. I don't think that will ever be broken. Twenty-eight to two. That's it's unbelievable, and it's MVP caliber for sure. But to say that Ryan doesn't deserve it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the guy had an incredible year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Atlanta without Ryan would be completely depleted and be in the bottom dweller in the NFC. So I kind of wanted to ask you your first question. Jared asked you was talking about you know time coming back and improving. Danny Danny Amendola has been practicing with the team. I'm just curious to see what your take is on how effective he's going to be because Devin McCourty had kind of the same injury, a high ankle sprain last year, really handicapped him, and it's brutal to come back from. So what do you think is a relative expectation that we can have for Danny Amendola's performances in the playoffs? You're right. It's a really difficult injury to come back from, and he's a guy whose game as a receiver is so predicated on being able to, to change direction quickly that it's a, it makes it even tougher, in my opinion. And so, um, you know, we, we won't know. We won't know how he's going to feel when he comes back. I can tell you this, just from having talked to the guy a few times over the course of the last couple of weeks, he felt like he was ready, um, you know, almost as soon as that last regular season game was over. Like he was starting, he was trending, he'd been trending in the right direction for the last couple of weeks, um, but felt very good uh, as soon as this bye week began and he knew he was going to be out to practice when they practiced on Wednesday and you know I would say from the little bit of practice that we saw you saw a high energy guy a guy who was just you know he's he's a psycho he's a football psychopath <laughs> they're cut they're cut from the same cloth they they hate not to be out there and when they are out there they totally lose their minds and they have uh they don't they don't really grasp the concept of of dialing it back a gear and we we know that with with Edelman but it's the same case with Amendola. They, it's a hundred percent practice games. Doesn't matter. It could be Tom Brady's flag football, you know, charity game. And during the spring, they'll be out there in their, you know, their designer jeans that are like two inches too short and way too tight, and they're still trying to run, you know, four four forties out there. It's insane. Um, so he's going to push it as hard as he can. Uh, I don't know how effective he is. The, the how, or how effective he'll be. Um, I know he feels good about it. What I'll say about. The receiver position in general, though, is I'm fascinated to see how they how they use these guys uh, because they they now have five that look relatively healthy and all bring a little bit something different to the table and all have value in my opinion. And they haven't activated five legitimate receivers really all year. And so, do they keep all five active? I would think they do. But then, what does that mean for the rest of the roster? Who do you deactivate? Um, you know. I've looked at it. I looked at it earlier this week, and I wrote a little bit about it. If you want to make Edelman, Amendola, Mitchell, Floyd, and Hogan all active, uh, you have to probably deactivate, you know, two of your corners that are kind of at the bottom of the depth chart, which probably wouldn't be that difficult. But then, yeah, you start to look at guys like Matt Lengel or Gino Grissom or, uh, you know, Cameron Fleming, which I don't think you'd do because he's he's got some value as the blocking tight end and running situation. So. They have an interesting decision to make, and we won't know what that decision will be until 90 minutes before kickoff. 
But uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what they do because they haven't been this healthy and had this many talented guys at the receiver position in a while. Um, so sticking with the receiver kind of theme, um, obviously Michael Floyd's come on and had an impact so far the last couple of weeks. Obviously we saw the huge block and the touchdown last week against the Dolphins. Um, what kind of role does he have if Amendola comes back, proves he's healthy? Um, because he, he's obviously shown that he can play as well. And Michael Floyd, you have Malcolm Mitchell who's there and play, and I don't think they're going to deactivate him because Brady clearly trusts him as well. So what do you do in that situation? It seems like we're playing the Texans next weekend if, if everything kind of goes the way it should today in Pittsburgh. Um, how does that dictate the matchup as well, who you sit, who you don't play, that sort of thing? Yeah, I do think, you know, in terms of, like, reps and, and snaps that, that those receivers see, a, a lot of it, you know, will be predicated on the matchup. And, and Floyd obviously gives you something that no one else on the receiving core does. Six foot three, two 220 pounds. And I know he's just started to become involved in the offense, but it, it looks like, and from what everything people tell me is, he's picked it up well enough to, to be – a contributor. We saw that obviously in the season finale, but I think they would trust him in, you know, maybe, you know, maybe not third and five with the game on the line. I mean, who knows? I mean, his size can be valuable in and of itself in that kind of spot, but, um, you know, he, he has earned playing time in the playoffs, in my opinion. And so uh, it's going to come down to how do they feel like certain guys match up against, you know, the defensive backs that whoever it is, whether it's the Texans or the Dolphins, end up throwing at them. Um, I, I do think, given the Amendola's injury, I, I would not be surprised if you saw a situation where he was your punt slash kick returner, and you almost have him out there just because, even if he's lost some explosiveness because of the injury, you just have him out there because he's so safe with the football, and you trust him in those spots, and you want to try to preserve Julian Edelman a little bit. I could see him being a returner specialist and then having him basically be your fifth receiver in case something were to happen to, say, Mitchell or Edelman. He could slide into um, the roles that those guys play if need be, but you know he's your fifth out of five guys, and he's not really out there in three or four receiver packages. I could, I could see that being the case um, just because you want to use that, that other four, and they are so valuable. All right, so the, one of the big topics that's been throughout this past week is obviously Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels interviewing. Uh, where do you think that if he does leave New England, where do you think his best landing spot would be? Well, I thought for a while it would be in San Francisco, but that kind of came with the caveat that, that Nick Casario would be headed out there with them. And um, we know now that he, he uh, will not be interviewing for that 49ers job. Casario won't be. Uh, McDaniel still went through with the Niners interview himself, and I do still think um, that that's, that's a good opportunity, and it, it might be the best one, but it, to me it, it's kind of the best of a bad lot. You know, I don't know if, if the perfect opportunity is out there for him right now, and I think that's what he would need to leave. Um, now, that opportunity might all of a sudden become more attractive if the 49ers feel like, uh, you know, hey, we didn't get our, you know, our very top choice to run the front office, so maybe we'll get someone else and make sure that he's somebody that will have a good relationship with McDaniels, like, say, Lewis Riddick, who's gotten a lot of buzz, the ESPN guy, um, former uh, front office guy in the NFL, actually played under Bill Belichick for a little while, really smart, somebody that you would think McDaniels be be able to get along with, but then you also say, okay, but, you know, um, you know, Lewis, we're gonna, you know, Josh has to be, you know, pretty heavily involved here in terms of who you're getting for personnel. Like you guys, 
you know, we obviously want you to be on the same page, but, you know, if they can give McDaniels a little bit of front office responsibility, um, you know, along with the head coaching gig, maybe that becomes enough to, to pry him away. I just don't think, especially given what you're working with in terms of ownership there, that it's the perfect spot. And in a lot of ways, ownership is the most important thing. You have to be able to, to feel confident that your owner is going to let you do your job. Uh, you have to feel confident that, you know, if you, if you don't want to be the coach of a team that's, that's going to be moving during your tenure, you have to be able to trust the owner and, and make sure that, uh, you know, you're, you are and your family is where you want them to be. So there's a lot that goes into it, and I, I don't know if Jed York provides that kind of stability that, um, you know, McDaniels has really witnessed firsthand here in New England with Belichick and the craft. But, you know, I think he, he looks at that and he says, there are probably only, you know, a handful of other ownership groups that can offer that kind of security. And I don't know if, given his history and his, his age, you know, Jed York's like a 36-year-old, 37-year-old guy who thinks he has the world figured out. And, and I don't know if that's the most um, enticing place to want to go and try to spend the next, uh, you know, however many years of your career. So um, I think the 49ers, just because you're really starting from scratch there and you can build from the ground up and the expectations will be low, but it's still a good city. It's a team that has a lot of, um, you know, a lot of history there and you can kind of restore that franchise to where it was. If you feel like you can do that, the 49ers looks like a pretty good gig. I just don't know if the ownership deal um, would be a deal breaker for him. All right, Phil A. Perry, Comcast Sportsnet, New England. Phil, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having Have me. Have a good one. Uh, Thanks, Phil. Enjoy, enjoy the games this weekend. You too. Don't work too hard on the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Give a little shot there. No, 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 no. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I um, want to stick to the theme of the uh, two coordinators that might be leaving after the season. We'll touch on that next Sunday. Sit down here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when, when the Bruins struggle, other than fire Claude Julian? You have one of the worst assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39, and his legs are giving out on him, and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital or the fees and bills that come with it? At the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, they provide a comfortable and friendly environment while offering high-quality imaging for open MRI and low-dose CAT scans and ultrasounds, all at an affordable price. Their modern technology allows for accurate diagnosis while ensuring complete patient comfort and safety. For more information or to set up an appointment, please call 603-622-3670 or visit bedfordsurgical.com or baskimaging.com. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. Hi, I'm Liz. Welcome to Lowell Jewelry and Loan. The economy is pretty rough right now, and if you're looking for a short-term loan, banks aren't making it any easier. Sometimes it can take up to 60 days to get approved. That's crazy! We truly are in the business to lend money and put cash in your hands instantly. Bring in any item and we'll give you cash. We also give you four months before making your first payment. 
Call or come see us today. Our reputation is impeccable. Lowell Jewelry and Loan on Merrimack Street. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. For our troops and their families, the military is more than a career. It's a journey, and every step along the way, the USO is this. It's an experience that that soldier will never forget. That's what the USO does. From the time they join to the time they transition out of the military, the USO is there, offering programs and support along the way. It's way more than a free phone call for us. It's an opportunity to stay mom, and the USO makes it all possible. Be a part of their journey. Learn more today at USO.org. Mike, Dan Patrick, Christian and King, and a stretch run with Jimmy Murphy. All week long, all right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Hi, I'm Steve Riccardi. With their 117-108 win over the Pelicans last night, the Celtics won their fourth game in a row. Isaiah Thomas continues to have the hot hand as he finished with 38 points. The Celtics resume action Tuesday when they travel north of the border to take on the Toronto Raptors. The Bruins got a much-needed victory when they downed Florida last night 4 to nothing. Brad Marchand scored twice, and David Backus scored in his return to the lineup. He missed the past couple games with a concussion. Boston will continue their road trip tonight when they take on the Carolina Hurricanes. The puck drops at 5. Patriots Director of Player Development Nick Azario denied an interview for the San Francisco 49ers general manager job. Yesterday was also a very busy day for the Patriots coordinators as well. Josh McDaniels interviewed with the 49ers, Rams, and Jaguars. Matt Patricia interviewed with the Chargers. It's officially the NFL wildcard weekend. Last night, Brock Osweiler and the Houston Texans took down the Derek Carless Oakland Raiders squad 27-14. The Seahawks and Thomas Rawls crushed the Detroit Lions 26-6. Rawls accumulated 161 yards on the ground. Today, the Pittsburgh Steelers are host the Miami Dolphins. The Steelers win. They will travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, and the Texans will come to New England. The NFC playoff game will see the red-hot Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers take on the New York Giants. This 90-second update was brought to you by Budweiser. This Bud's for you. Sunday sit down, ESPN New Hampshire. 
taking you till 12.28, 12.30-ish uh, NFL kicking in. Not 12.29. Not 1229. No earlier, no later. <laughs> no earlier, no later. We'll be out on time because they have no choice with a heartbreak. Uh, 603-883-9900, the phone number if you want to join us here. Uh, big shout-out again to Phil Perry joining us last segment talking about the Patriots. Big shout-out to Steve with these beds, too. This music's gangster. Thank you. Yeah, he has one He has one important role in the show. It's the now. biggest role on the show. <laughs> hey, hey, I love this role. we got to get back to <laughs> I love this role. Good music sets the vibe, and so oh, far, yeah. we're rocking. We're, rock, we're rocking you. out loud here. Um, so, <laughs> we, 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 we touched on uh, with Phil about... You know Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia, and where they would be after this year. Um, I don't know if it's set in stone that Josh McDaniels is leaving. I'm like 100 percent sure that Matt what? Patricia's gone because <sighs> this is probably the only chance that Matt Patricia's going to have yeah. to head coach. And I think the best spot for him would be San Diego. The way I think the well, best speci- spot for anybody would be San Diego, especially if for if 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 and when the Patriots take it this year, it's going to like this season is the only season that. That Patricia is going to have to get out of McDaniel's can can do it viably whenever. Yeah, he's proven himself. Obviously, Patricia has too to the fan base around here. But if they when they win the Super Bowl this year, that's when he's he's going to call anyone. And be like, dude, you want me now? Yeah, we're like, good. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Look, I, I think that San Diego is a good spot for Matt Patricia because it's you have Bosa there um, yeah, to take over, and obviously as a defensive Melvin mind coach, Ingram's there. You don't, have to wor- you don't have to worry about your head your quarterback just yet. Because Philip Rivers is still there, he can get. You, I think he can get you two, three, four more years of. Yeah, he's not. He's above. not really slowing down. No, but he's but been on a bad team. Is with that coach, San Diego might be moving. Yeah, that's LA. that's the that's big, that's, that's the an big issue. issue. And their stadium they're going to move to is a soccer stadium. Only fits twenty six thousand. That sucks. And then they're gonna, but they're going to upgrade. Yeah, eventually they're going. Oh yeah, yeah, they're going to build a dual well, stadium. They're, they're play with. They're going to play, play with the Rams. Rams. Yeah. yeah. So that's so that's something I hate that too. LA's such a. Crap! LA is I, such I, a mamby pamby area, dude. That city itself, though, sucks. It's so disgusting out there. I know there's great parts everywhere. You know what I mean? But yeah. like walking around, like where like the tourists are supposed to go, it's miserable. It's like one of the most disgusting cities I've ever been in. I wouldn't want to play there. No, I get the grandeur of being. Oh, we're in LA, but like, dude, no. To have two teams go there and the, within two three years of each other, that's silly. I feel bad we, for fan bases who kind of get their teams ripped away from. Like, yeah. okay, the Rams. Whatever. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think St. Louis was too yeah, bad. Yeah, they were <laughs> the Rams either. They're like, well, wait, you t- okay? Do you need anything else? Do you need help Do you need cash for the airport? Yeah, right. <laughs> I need tow money. I need your Uber <laughs> to the airport. I got you guys. But like, I got a black the car. Raiders. What is this guy, is this guy doing? Raiders. Why be shirtless and then wear a face mask? That's what a very a, good question. What a silly, silly man. Trying to get his eyes, uh, his, his nipples hard enough. Uh, you know, <laughs> get That's where we're going. <laughs> Just for anybody who doesn't Whoa. know, there was a shirtless man on TV in it was very Ryan cold weather. Yeah. Cold weather. It was a beast. But no, honestly, like taking, why, why taking is, a team out of the Oakland, that sucks. Why, yeah, why is Oakland moving? They have a loyal fan base. They sell out. Are all they officially the time. moving? They might. Why, be. Are they, they, all, mo- are they all moving to LA? According like, to Vegas, Oakland's going to. sources think cool like a couple owners think it's a done deal. But like Vegas, like I get that. Uh, Bull cut McGee over there. Oakland has made. Yo, that's the most. That's the most gangster haircut in the world, dude. Rams want to move if like. How do, you, how do you not? How do you have the haircut and then be like, you know what? This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> how do you get out of the this chair and be like, dude, wow? I look so good. <laughs> yeah, man. Freaking Lloyd Christmas over here. I think Oakland. Oakland wants to keep them. I think they made a bid for a new stadium to try to keep the Raiders, but they're probably gone. We, I don't where are they going to get the money Why? for that? Taxpayers. <laughs> yes. I just In Oakland. <laughs> San Diego moving. Sure. I mean, a lot of people, but they're not like. 
that's not like one of the best fan bases. No, I think Oakland is one of the most intense fan bases in all of sports. Oh, yeah. so you see it with you see it with Seattle the Warriors. And... You see it with the Raiders. Yeah, the, I mean they they ride and die with their team. Honestly, yeah. they whenever through the bad times, Demarcus Russell years, they're still having good. That's the thing. They cheer sales. for the best NBA team, and then they're like, "Well, we have the worst NFL team. We're still cheering for them. Let's get it." They're not the Miami Heat. Oh yeah, hell yeah, right? oh, dude. Miami Heat fans, fans, fans are the absolute and worst I, fans in the world. The, when when you show up, when especially when LeBron was there, when when you're winning what do you championships, mean, like, worse, like least passionate. Dude, like like, like, like like when they show up with oh, like yeah, okay, when, okay. when half the crowd isn't even there halfway through the first quarter or like the third quarter in too. the play, like. and then they all. Li- the, the, I remember one year that it was. I'm pretty sure it was with the C's when they left. Yeah, it was a game that Ray Allen really did us dirty, and he hit, he sank like two or three threes in the corner. Almost the entire arena already left because we had them. Like by like twenty, they came back and won. But all of them, uh, all I of them, le- that game. Yeah. All of them left, that game. and they see the TVs through the stadium. They're like, "Oh no, I want to go back in." They're like, "No, dude, you already walked out the exit." Yeah, you can't. You can't like, do how that. do you do that, dude? Yeah. We're there, like, Celtics fans. We could be down by fifty-seven points. We're like, "Cool, dude, we got this. We just, we need a three. We <laughs> get a foul." Everyone's like, all these Boston people are trying to do quick math in their head that doesn't work. Yeah, it's like thirty threes in a row. Yeah. But, but, like, but, but we stay there, granted, because they still so right, beers. Though, but. Remember that game? I think it was against the uh, the Nets back when they were in the Jersey Nets, and we were, the Celtics were down 32 points, and they came back the and playoff won. Game. Yeah, yeah, playoff game. Yeah, playoff game. Still jumping area. Well, yeah. Florida and California, to me, both. They just seem like – I people people you talk about die. L.A. like they – like they're a big fan base who loves their sports. They're not. I don't no, believe just a big, that. Just I a big, never see that. They're just a big. City. Everybody likes the Lakers just because it's because the, Kobe Bryant. That's yeah. Kobe. Kobe yeah, made the team again. Yeah. That is it. That is absolutely it. But it if pisses you're, me off. If you're a coach looking for a job, I mean, if Josh McDaniels' point of view, I'd rather is, live in San Diego. Isn't San Francisco a great job opportunity though? Because why they're going to give you more than a year? They can't afford to have him do a losing season and pay another coach, right? They can't. Well, I, I don't know. They, if you're Josh McDaniels, be... one, you're going to San Francisco. You're going, right you're, you'd be yeah. moving to San Francisco, and then on top of that, you would most likely you'd have a chance of bringing your own quarterback. Because they're gonna have a top pick if you want to draft. You could probably trade for Jimmy G if you wanted to. You think that's, gonna, that's my be- that's, that's the best my opportunity. Biggest argument for San Francisco because if you want to trade that first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, you're not trading five for Jimmy Garoppolo. No, uh, you oh, might. What is well, yeah, I mean, well, you no, might. They have two because McDaniel's. If McDaniel's likes Jimmy G that much, that's 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 really how it's gonna be. If if throw a little, he, throw a little how something much to Bill Belichick, you know what you're gonna get for Jimmy. Do you think McDaniel's and, and Patricia would ever team up and try to go somewhere? They're both fighting for the same position. Like they well, they tra- won't both team up because they both want to be head coaches. Okay. I don't think. I don't think, you, I don't think Patricia can do, Patricia, be a head coach. If you're Patricia or McDaniel's, I don't, I don't think he's if, a great head coach. If you're Patricia or McDaniel's, why would you not want? To, if you if you're going to be a coordinator, just stay here. Exactly. No, if you're, if you're going to team up with Josh, just stay. Wait, the, wait, what, wait for the word from Bill to come down. And be like, hey, I think I'm going to call call it quits in, in the next couple of years. Yeah. You'd be like, cool. We're then also going to stay here. And just pay I, always th- I always thought put Josh McDaniels, McDaniels as would head stay coach. here and be the coach. Why, Absolutely. And also, speaking of Josh McDaniels, the three teams. Why? Like, why is everyone like? Wouldn't Jacksonville be appealing? You have a quarterback that can play. You have an owner that wants to win so badly. He will spend Whatever. nothing but yeah. money. Yeah. And Gus Bradley stayed there for three years. I would think Jacksonville statistic- would be a good spot ja- no, too. Ja- why I think is Jacksonville, Jacksonville and, not a good yeah, spot? Jacksonville and San Francisco would be probably the top two for Josh McDaniels on an offensive mind. You've got Hearns and you have Allen Robinson and you have Julius Thomas. You got two running backs. You have a, a, a line that's okay. Yeah. So obviously we'll see kind of what happens. We're not going to obviously know anything until after the Super Bowl. Um, but we'll be back uh, top of the hour. We're going to talk uh, NFL playoffs and Wild Card Weekend uh, next Sunday. Sit down, ESPN New Hampshire. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to be.